0: Uh, It's 10 after 10 and uh, you know it's a good thing that I have Al Bat to help me remember things because honestly I thought it was Wednesday. Didn't I say it was Wednesday earlier? Well so joining me now because it's Tuesday so I hope I didn't confuse other people is Al Bat. Hey Al how are things?
1: Hey things are really good Well, they're wet.
0: Oh my goodness how much did you get? I know yesterday in the afternoon I looked and we had three quarters of an inch and I mean we had so much more overnight so it's got to be at least double or more of that.
1: We had an inch and three-tenths, oh, but it's, okay. rain, it's rained a little bit since then, so I'm not sure exactly how much we got, but it's it's getting soupy out there in spots, so I'm watching the, uh, I still have a, I don't know how many hummingbirds chasing around the hummingbird feeders. They, I don't know how much they actually drink. They spend so much time just chasing one another, but <laughs> they're out there uh Flying between the drops and seeming to get by. I, I, should, I should have said this a long time ago. Happy anniversary to my uh, bride. That was way back on September 6th.
0: Happy but, anniversary, so. Gail and yeah, Al. How, what number are you on now? Uh,
1: I think it's 49, Ooh. and I'm sure I, I will be corrected here if that. Well, not,
0: but, you should have a big party for the 50th, so I guess if there's a big party next year, we'll know this is 49.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep, my wife uh, indicated that I am correct. Oh, good. (laughs) It's always good to get both the date and the year, although it's more important, I think, to get the date. Yeah. Yeah. I should mention, too, I want to thank everybody for, at Sweet Reads Bookstore in beautiful Austin. What a lovely bookstore. You know, we've thinned out the herd, so to speak, on a lot of bookstores. So the ones that uh, are thriving are even more precious. So it was fun uh, being able to speak there. and A lot of great customers. And also to the good folks at Lakeshore Inn in Waseca. Uh, it was fun talking to them, although with all the roads tore up. it's it was a long uh, about way. I got to see a little bit more of the town getting to that place in Wasika. So it is a, a soupy day, but boy, we I read I got something sent to me by Wallet Hub. One word, Wallet Hub. Oh, yeah, and I get stuff th-
0: from them all the time. They do interesting studies or very strange studies sometimes. Boy,
1: they, they sure do. <laughs> I enjoy getting them. And the one here, they determine where Americans exhibit the best combination of, uh, well, it's a person's overall well-being and satisfaction with life, and they they had 31 key metrics and they range it from depression rate to sports participation to income growth and all these kind of things that indicate where people are the happiest what state and no we didn't finish first hawaii can you believe it with the crappy weather <laughs> they have there i don't i don't know how but we came in third so we were the third happiest according to that iowa was number 8 hmm. and bef- before we get too big head on that the us news and world report i remember at the beginning of this year they did a study where they use like 77 metrics across uh, eight categories. It would be oh, health care, education, economy, job opportunities, infrastructure, crime, uh, fiscal stability, quality of life, and things like that. And they just came up with their rankings of the best states overall. And uh, we came in second on that. Minnesota Didn't Iowa second. get
0: first in that one?
1: Iowa did get first. Hmm. So, uh, both Iowa and Minnesota can be pretty happy. Iowa got a first, but we got a second and a third. So we were but, still on the, the winner's podium there. But how many
0: people do you see clamoring to move here? That's the thing. You know, we may have all these great things, but you don't say, oh, I'm going to move to Iowa or Minnesota because they have the best, but they don't. So I, I just think that's why it's good maybe because there's not too many yep. people there.
1: That's I was going to say, and that's fine with me. I, I've i grown up around little towns all my life, and little towns always talk about the, the people there say, oh, it'd be nice if we get more people, but then when you ask them about other things that would indicate how they felt if there were more people and more traffic and more everything, well we don't want that either we're kind of happy having it small and there's some minor things we'd like to make i guess everybody'd like it so their kids could come back maybe and work or something but overall we kind of you know i think karen sometimes we live where where we want to live a lot of us if we're lucky and fortunate in life um, I got a nice email from Karen Wright. Oh. She she writes that Ben watches squirrels outside his window for entertainment. He finds them even more entertaining than birds. He wanted to know what squirrels eat besides nuts. Also, he has been seeing some very small squirrels and is wondering if the squirrels could have another brood in this late in the season. How, how many broods do squirrels have? You have a great question, Ben. Gray squirrels, I would guess gray squirrels are probably the most common. When people think of a squirrel, the one that they have in their mind's eye is probably a gray squirrel. And they, they will mate twice a year. Once will be somewhere in oh, December through February. That's the first time they will mate The second time will be June through August and they nest in tree hollows or in treetop den. Uh, They have like a I don't know, maybe 12 to 20-inch ball-shaped nest made from leaves, twigs, and bark. And the mother squirrels will have two to four babies. They're born hairless. They weigh a half ounce. And by the time they're 12 weeks old, these young squirrels are completely dependent. They're all on their own. And red squirrels, which are the tiny little squirrels, not much bigger than Uh, chipmunk they mate only once here in Minnesota Uh, they mate in late winter they nest again in hollow trees or build that uh, ball-shaped nest in a treetop in early spring typically there the females will have two to five babies again they're born hairless weigh less than an ounce and the young squirrels once again are independent within 12 weeks Then we have fox squirrels. They're the biggest ones, and to me, they're kind of an orangish look. They, too, mate twice a year, uh, typically from December to February and June through July, where the great squirrels were June through August. And they... um, they nest in hollow trees and they make that big ball of of leaves and things and they mothers have two or three babies again they're born hairless weigh a half ounce uh... again the young squirrels are independent when they're three three months old the gestation periods the gray squirrel is 44 days the red squirrels 35 and the fox 45 so uh, man that's a real uh, long answer to saying yes you could be seeing young squirrels and then as far as what do squirrels eat and they certainly like anything pretty much that we put into our bird feeders I remember a bird uh, Oh store gave me some cayenne pepper. And they said this is you put <laughs> this on the seeds, the sunflower seeds, and then those squirrels, they will not feed on there.
0: So it's supposedly uh, a well, repellent, right? And did it work?
1: Yeah. yeah. It, well, I thought I'd try it on one little feeder. Uh, they liked it. Oh. They, I think they that was their favorite feeder. They liked it with a little bit of food on there. What they will eat, uh, again, other than everything that's in our feeders, they will eat tree bark, tree buds, berries, uh, seeds, and as Ben mentioned, nuts, acorns, walnuts. Tulip uh, bulbs. Hickory. Yep, they love tulip bulbs. And... Uh, You know, once in a while I think they will chew on a little bit of garden produce.
0: Well, I was telling Ben because I saw an article in the paper about how I think the year before that there was this excessive harvest of acorns and things, so the the squirrels had plenty of that. But then, and I think this was out in New England area, but this year the, the nuts weren't as... Uh, prolific. So instead, because there's more squirrels, they said now they're starting to eat the farmers' produce and stuff in the field. So the squirrels are becoming a huge problem eating squash, eating apples, eating everything, and not eating the whole thing, but just taking a little bite out of here and there, which of course makes it unsaleable.
1: Yes, and I see it in uh, my garden through the years where they would eat uh, tomatoes and they.
0: Just a bite though, right?
1: Yeah, and strawberries they love, and of course corn. They enjoy corn. They will also eat, uh, once I noticed one year, they would eat the tomatoes, but they would just kind of eat the seeds and just get rid of the rest. They were after the seeds. But they will also eat insects, frogs, uh, small rodents, even small birds or their eggs or the young uh, I've seen them gnawing on bones and antlers and turtle shells. I imagine they get a source of minerals from those. And then if you grow sunflowers or something like that, they will happily crawl up to the top. And then red squirrels are great eaters of pine cone seeds. So they will be in a lot of coniferous uh, woods. So, And then uh, there was... The, you asked uh, also, Karen, that on Saturday you said you were having a garage sale, which I hope went well. We saw a woodpecker fly right overhead a number of times throughout the morning.
0: Now my straight husband said it was a different woodpeckers because they were different sizes, but they were straight overhead, and he said they were all they were flying south. He said he saw five or six of them throughout the morning, just one at a time, and so he was wondering, are they migrating or or what's going on with these woodpeckers, and could it be have been woodpeckers?
1: It sure could have been, and they probably were not migrating. Uh, We do have some, like the sapsucker will migrate out of here, but a lot of our other woodpeckers stay here. That said, they will shuffle a little bit. They'll move maybe from uh, breeding territory to another neighborhood not very far away, and the young ones will be moving around because mom and dad have that territory, so they have to find their own place in the world. They probably were moving to somewhere where there's a feeding station or where there was a food or something. That's typically what they're doing. But sometimes they're just out moving around during the day and you happen to be under their flyway, so to speak, as a lot of people are. When now,
0: why would they be so many? I mean, that seems like a lot because we normally never see any. And all of a sudden, you know, during that those few hours, there's, di- you know, it seemed like different ones going that way in the same area. It just seemed odd.
1: Yeah, and, of course, the young ones are out now, so you'd have young ones, and they got, they're got independent pretty much now, but they, maybe they still follow mom and dad around once in a while, hoping for a free meal. I, I remember how that was. And uh, so that could be the reason, but uh, more than likely they're just moving. You know, mm-hmm. they'll have a place where they like to maybe just sit and have a little nap during the day and then they get hungry so they'll fly off to this place where they find good food. So that might be, I'm guessing you were just on their flyway Hmm. and they're flying overhead so it's nice to see them. Uh Bonnie Williamson of Glenville said more goldfinches than any year she can remember and she has hummingbirds sampling grape jelly. Yep, I've had that also Bonnie. They uh, seem to enjoy grape jelly. Cindy Drill of North Mankato said I've enjoyed some brief visits by a red-breasted nuthatch in the last few days. Uh came home from a short vacation to empty thistle socks for them, went to purchase more niger and a clerk at the pet store commented how busy they have been selling thistle and finch blood many customers commenting on heavy feeding by goldfinches and worry that it's a sign of early winter oh it's <laughs> to have her mouth washed out and I'm sure she's a wonderful customer service person but oh uh, I suggested more a bumper crop of young this year judging by the flocks I've seen here well thanks Cindy and um, yeah, red-breasted nuthatches. I have them here in the yard, and they seem to be pretty much everywhere I go now. I see red-breasted nuthatches. They're just doing very well, and I love, they're just one of the cutest birds there are. And yeah, it's, our finch feeders were busy, and now they're not so busy because yeah, there are so many things for the the finches to eat right now so um, yeah the reason there's just so many more things feeding on those thistles and finch things are certainly as you say Cindy now we have all the young ones hatched out so they get real busy Uh just got a nice email from our buddy TJ Tom Jessen uh, down in uh, Medelia who just uh, did a program over at the Harkin store he said, hi, Al, be sure and tell your listeners to watch for salamanders during these rainy September days. Watch out for what looks like little black cigars sliding across the road. Oh. And I think if you're driving and you see little black cigars sliding across the road, maybe you probably should pull over anyway, even if they weren't salamanders. <laughs> if you're seeing little black cigars, you might you might want to get out and walk around the car and kind of clear your head uh bobby forster of hollandale said hi i hope i'm not a pestering fan oh bobby could never be a pest I, why did i even include that i'm going to cross that out right now uh she sent me a Uh, voice memo, and it said, but I think, she said, I think these are sandhill cranes. Can you confirm there's been a nesting pair with chicks around all summer? We live close to what was once Rice Lake, and there was a lot of flooding in the fields this year. My friend was able to get photos, but I didn't. Are these called sandhill cranes? Yes, they are a beautiful, beautiful bugle that if I could do one call in the world, I wish I could do that, but I I can't even come close. And uh, where Bobby lives is a wonderful place, Rice Lake, uh, Maple Island, Hollandale. And again, I know I've mentioned this before, the late Sherry Register wrote a wonderful book called The Big Marsh that uh, was... um, talking about the draining of this huge lake over at Rice Lake and all the political intrigue and in players and everything that came in there because nothing like that is simple. And she also did a wonderful job of covering the actual draining. So if anybody is into that sort of thing, I can't recommend that book too highly. Uh, Ryan Shackleton said he saw an osprey. Clyde Bonoma. Uh Clyde is from uh, over by Maple Island also, and he said he has red-headed woodpeckers in the yard. And he counted the species that he had this summer, and he had 44 bird species in his yard. I was sitting in... Uh, um, Rosa Parks uh, by a, a softball field by Rosa Parks in Mankato.
0: Yeah, that's our and little was, elementary school, not too far from here.
1: Yeah, beautiful place. And mm-hmm. I'm watching a grandson play baseball out there. He's he's pitching and playing in the infield and playing in the outfield. They move them all around. And uh, a fellow sitting next to us, we got talking, and, uh, you know, it's a small world, I tell everyone, unless you have to paint it, mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, he came from Clarks Grove, not far from me, and he lives in New Alm now, and his name is Roger Davis, and he said, um, I listened to you on KMSU, so I just want to say hi to Roger, and I believe Roger said he was seeing lots of monarch butterflies this year, so, anyway, thank you, Roger Davis for New Ulm, from New Ulm for listening to KMSU. That's awfully good of you. A an anonymous person asked, "What's the difference between a dragonfly and a damselfly?" Because yeah, they boy they look alike. If you get a look good look at their head, dragonflies have these huge eyes. They're they're so much bigger than those of a damselfly, which has a gap between them. So you can it looks like they have two eyes. Where dragonflies sometimes look like they just have this one humongous eyes. Dragonflies are Uh, typically bigger, but they look short and stocky, if that makes any sense, because damselflies have long and slender bodies, so they, they look smaller. And at rest, a dragonfly will hold its wings out from its body like an airplane, where damselfly wings are held over its back. And the last question I have here, Karen, somebody asked, how can I keep wasps? and bees away from hummingbird feeders try moving the feeder just a short distance and i know that doesn't sound like that would work but it it decreases insect visits without discouraging hummingbirds because hummingbirds will find it faster but trust me the wasp or bees will locate it sooner or later well are
0: wasp and bees not as smart that it takes them longer to relocate it or what's the deal
1: Maybe they're more a creature, a habit. Oh. I don't know. They, I I suppose flowers don't move a whole lot. So when they're going to flowers to get food, they just head to the same place. So they come out, and probably to them, this hummingbird feeder is a just a big flower filled with lots of nectar. So they fly to where that flower is, and they say, oh, man, you know, who gave us the directions? <laughs> Betty gave us the directions. She did a little dance, remember? Yeah. So maybe they have to go back and talk to Betty and say, "Are you sure on that?" And then they come back, and sooner or later, they they do find it. See? Oh, go ahead. You can use uh, hummingbird feeders with bee guards. Or you can make the nectar a little less sweet, maybe five parts water to one part sugar instead of the usual four parts to one because bees and wasps, they um, they like it a little sweeter. You can also move it uh, the feeder to um, oh, uh, shadows. Uh, bees and wasps prefer feeding in sunny areas. Mm. And they're also attracted to feeders with yellow colors. So you can give insects, th- the and bees, their own feeder with a sweeter solution. You can just, uh, you can make it more than four parts t- for them and then put it in full sun. And,
0: in, uh, in my feeders, I always find I've got, when I, you know, go to empty just the bottom part out and refill it, I always find a lot of dead ants in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do, especially some of those tiny ones. They can get in those holes. It kind of keeps the big ones away, typically, but those little guys... They just decide, I don't know, there, there's no lifeguard on duty, and they say, well, I'm going to go in there and go swimming, and it it doesn't result in a, a good end for those guys.
0: And and who decided the ratio of one part sugar to four parts water was a good, uh, I guess, sweetness level to put in your your hummingbird feeder? Because I always wondered, I mean, did, how do you know that that's what the hummingbirds like, or is it just that somebody said, oh, this sounds like a good ratio?
1: you know at one time it might have been somebody but they've done studies on the uh, the nectar that comes from flowers oh. and this is kind of the average and some people will argue about that because in different parts of the country there'll be different kinds of flowers with different uh, sweetness and also at different times of year you'll find different sweetness and some will say it's uh, it's 3 and some will say no it's 5 and I don't know if you could come out with one that uh, hits them all accurately, but four parts to one seems to be kind of the average, and it seems to work well for the hummingbirds and and treats them kindly because they need to add fat so they they can do this migration, and they spend so much time chasing one another around that it's real hard for them to add fat. So it's it's a good thing. Just keep them out. And folks, keep your feeders up as long as you see hummingbirds. And maybe a week after you see hummingbirds, you are not keeping them here because of, um, of feeding them. So They're don't feel
0: guilty, them. in other words, that you're going to be harming them.
1: No, if TJ's got a feeder out there, they're not going to say, well, we don't want to offend TJ. He's a good guy. <laughs> so we need to drink all this stuff before we can leave. They will fly because of photo period or day length. What,
0: so one of the types of flowers I have blooming really nicely now on a an obelisk that's, you know, like a trellis type thing is my mandevilla. And they're bright red and they have been inundated with the hummingbirds as well. I've got the hummingbird feeder, which they like, but also those bright red flowers on the mandevilla are just a, a hummingbird magnet, which has just been really fun to see as well.
1: There's are such uh, cute little guys. They're just uh, lovely, and I've taken a bazillion photos of them, and I haven't had one that comes close to reflecting the true loveliness of that bird or any other bird for that matter you know you take all these photos and you look at them and you say that is it right there that's an award winner national geographic will be knocking on my door right and then i look outside and see the real bird and i think boy it just pales in comparison there's just no way we can capture the the beauty of Not only a bird, but a person or a tree or whatever we're doing. All we can do is hope to come close.
0: Do you have something coming up? I was looking in like a hawk watch or something coming up at Bethany, and I was wondering if you were aware of that.
1: Uh, I am, but I don't have the...
0: Here it is. I got it now. Here okay, I just got cool. it. It's raptor observers at Bethany Lutheran College are observing a special week of migration coming this week. The Hawk Migration Association of North America is the sponsor of a national observance, and it says the Bethany Hawk Watch participants have planned public events during this week's International Hawk Migration Week, and it's a window of time when potential is high for sighting raptor migrants. And they'll have Chad Hines, who we talk about a lot on this show, will conduct a raptor. Identification Workshop, 7 p.m. tomorrow, this Wednesday, in Meyer Hall, Room 101 at Bethany. And then he's going to be leading a bird walk at 8 a.m. on Saturday, starting at the Meyer Hall parking lot on the campus at Bethany Lutheran. And they'll look for warblers, sparrows, and other migrating birds and receive instruction on how to identify hawks and use the Hawk Watch website. if you want more information, they have a number 344-7736, that's 344-7736, or you can go to the Bethany Lutheran College at blc.edu. So it says now, so it's uh, planned during this week, is this a big week for migration or something, why the potential is high for sighting raptor migrants? Yeah,
1: it sure is. And uh, this is a time for a lot of our hawks and, and eagles move around too. So this is a great time. Plus turkey vultures, which they they count as well, and they count a lot of other things. And there's there's so many dedicated guys and gals that go out there and count, and they're really nice. And I know they keep it updated on Facebook, but I uh, you know I don't know how. I, I'm not. I don't have. I don't even have a Facebook account, which is uh, I, uh, there's like two of us now in. <laughs> in minnesota that don't have one well i know I, how I, to get
0: to you allies i just send a note to your your wife uh she's on facebook she, and then she, she shares did. with you you're like one of those that i don't want to do it but my wife will do it for me
1: See that yeah i am on twitter though so oh okay I to, yeah i am uh, i i don't know how i ended up on there but i post a lot of photos that i take of uh Insects and things, and I identify them and try try to tell a little bit about them. How the same can
0: people with birds? How can people enjo- join you on Twitter? Then what what's like? What do they have to type in to say I want to see all bats' pictures?
1: I think it's uh, if you just put bat and then that uh, a line it? and then and A L L E N I believe is how
0: it so goes. So, it, but it's B A T T.
1: B A T T. Yeah. Right,
0: and uh, I got a question from John in New Elm for you. Great. What do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common?
1: Uh, uh I think I might know but I'm not going to say.
0: <laughs> they have the same middle name.
1: Oh, the, I didn't know.
0: No. The mine. Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh. Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> yeah, John Mine
1: was uh, my thoughts were much too crude. Yours were that was great. Oh, my thank goodness. you. <laughs> I hope everyone will come to the cafe today, where the food chain is missing a few links. The special as always the Heimlich Maneuver, and gravy is considered a beverage, and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders, where the grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. I remember a wonderful teacher, Tom Smith was his name, saying that the secret to finding job satisfaction was being able to drive west to a job in the morning, and then drive east to go home. Apparently avoiding driving into the sun made a great difference in career fulfillment. I walked past the Wrigley Building in Chicago recently, but I I was unable to do it while chewing gum at the same time. But downtown Chicago is a nice place to walk. I love being there, but what a slow place to drive. It just takes forever to get anywhere. A friend, Dave Olerud, who lives in Alaska, called me the other day and told me that he'd driven from Haynes, Alaska to Haynes Junction, located in the Yukon. That's about a 300 mile round trip. In about 100 miles of that journey, David said he'd met three cars, give or take, mostly cream puffs I'd expect. While he was doing that, I was in Napa, California at that time, and I drove roads in the Sacramento and San Francisco area, and I met way more than 100 cars every three minutes on those big highways. Gertrude Stein wrote, In the United States there is more space where nobody is than where anybody is. That is what makes America what it is. And Gertrude must have been driving in Alaska when she penned that. If you live in Haines, Alaska, and you want to go to a Walmart, it's a five-hour drive to Whitehorse in the Yukon, or a four-and-a-half-hour ferry ride to Juneau, and then you have to find a ride or get to a taxi or something to get to the Walmart. Boy, you know, that's why we're happy here. We can get to places pretty quick, yet we can live out where... There aren't a lot of people, and it doesn't take us forever, and the traffic doesn't overwhelm us. We are pretty blessed. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for having nothing better to do than to listen to me. Uh, Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Karen, I enjoyed your company as always, and thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: And thank you, Al, for letting me know that it is Tuesday today.
1: That's that's (laughs) all right. (laughs)
0: I'll talk to you next week, all right? Take care. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, it is 1039. You're listening to A Minnesota Morning at KMSU Radio, 89.7 FM in Mankato. I'm going to look at the radar, see how.